typically don't say this about themselves, but doesn't that guy kind of look like me? He <laughs> does. <laughs> he kind of looks like me. <laughs> we're we're getting good stuff here, so we should just jump into this. Hello, welcome to the Too Much Free Time podcast. I'm Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship, present, and John Girdler. Hello there. <laughs> see, see how he does that, John or Peter. John does that really well. Sure Peter, thing, you just say here. It's a very warm greeting for our listeners. I, I said know. present. You got to be helpful. I said present because yesterday is the past or something. No, Tomorrow's we're not. That's you're not going to expand on your <laughs> BS intro. <laughs> anyway, tonight's movie, the second, I guess, what is it? Pre-ultimate? Penultimate is yeah. the word? Penultimate to our final episode. We're doing the, what was this? 2015, 16 hit, indie hit, really. Uh, it follows. So is this kind of like Game of Thrones, where the episode before the finale is the kind of the big, the big episode, one, the big you know, twist? One of us is gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> high stakes in this episode. High. That'd be kind of funny. We just eliminate one of us. That'd be sad, actually. All of our our listeners vote. <laughs> yeah. So this was a big indie hit, though. Yeah. Because uh, when I was looking this up, they were talking about how it was initially gonna be one of those weird movies that's been happening a lot recently where they do a comes out on on demand and some streaming services that you pay for in can like at the same time as some indie theaters but the initial response to it was so positive they actually scrapped that idea and only did theatrical release like across the country and uh, I remember this movie getting a ton of buzz before it actually came out. No, this is on the list of movies that me and you came up with that like, ooh, scary movies we have to see that are coming out. Just, yeah, yeah. It follows. Yeah, it follows. It follows. We a lot have of to buzz. see this. A lot of buzz. A lot of buzz. And I really like it. I feel like you see it less in the horror genre just because, you know, horror movies can be such so hit or miss. But when an indie film does kind of sweep like this where it becomes like this well-known movie it's it's exciting to see and uh, i think it deserves it um john peter was this we've all seen this before this week's viewing right oh yeah that's correct okay did anything change on your viewing this time in terms of like what you thought or did you expect anything i mean kind of just had all my thoughts reaffirmed like yeah yeah that is a good idea yeah way to go pete (laughs) (laughs) way to go you had you're so right you're so right so yeah just open open initial thoughts i guess you'd say this is a movie you enjoyed oh yeah i mean i love i love this movie it's like one of the reasons i love just horror movies like horror writing because the actual plot or the you know the overarching nemesis or it doesn't just exist inside the movie you know it, it like represents something outside of the movie hmm. i like it's it's great it's so good john your thoughts I, i'm typically not somebody who notices a lot of the camera angles and and tricks in movies but i this movie a lot of that stood out to me and i really enjoyed that and i, I felt like it was scary even though it didn't need to rely on really scary images or, or sounds but it was still scary yeah they had a lot of good tone like the soundtrack tones, was great know, very 80 synthesis-esque i'm gonna say i like this movie for the same reason i actually liked stranger things when it first came out like the first season of stranger things because it at this it's it's not just the 80s kind of vibe to it in tone but it's that style that's kind of i don't know how to describe it other than it's nostalgia and it's not it's not like completely original where it's taking things that have already been done 
but you add this little bit of a flavor to it to where it's a nostalgic kick that you're like, oh, I know what he's referencing, but it's not overwhelming where you think they're just stealing these ideas. There's a word for it that's escaping me right now, but that's what I felt while I like watched not, this movie. Not like pays homage to? Well, it's, it's similar, but it's approached in a different way to where it comes across as this almost original idea. Like uh, how, you know, Eleven in Stranger Things is basically E.T., but it's they're so similar, but yet so different that it's it's not just an homage. It's kind of a, a new thing that they've built off of. And like w- when I was watching it again, I really noticed this, and it follows that there's a lot of shots that are so similar to Wes Craven's um, Nightmare on Elm Street or uh, John Car- Car- ah, Carpenter's Halloween. Like there's a lot of shots like that that are very 80s, 70s slasher film style or just horror genre style that are done in such a way where at the same time in that same shot, it does like a cool new angle to build off of it. Like um, it's later into the movie or not later, I guess it's pretty early, but when she's in class and she looks out the window, Mm -hmm. that is almost the same shot as um, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween looking out the window and seeing Michael Myers. But they do the whole spin with it where it doesn't just track her. It does the like classroom spin around to the window where it adds this new kind of cool new angle to it that it builds off that nostalgia in a new kind of fun way is what I'm kind of getting at. So that's, I think, one of the things that made me really like this movie. It was a long-winded explanation, but I wanted to get that out there because that was something I really appreciated. But I guess, you know, uh, do you want to just jump right into the summary, or do you have any fun facts, Peter? Fun facts. Oh, Oh, geez. Well, I remember when we watched the movie, we were like, man, where could this have possibly been filmed? And, yeah, it's it's Michigan. Oh, it's Michigan. They make an eight-mile reference at one point. I wrote it down. (laughs) They say, like, my mom never let me go, like, south of eight miles. Like, you're right, because Eminem's down there. (laughs) Marshall Mathers. But, yeah, I guess we can just jump into the... You know where in Michigan? Was it the Upper Peninsula? Well, it's outside Detroit, so... Ah, so no. The way, or at least the way the kids are talking, it makes it sound like they live in a suburb just outside of Detroit. Maybe a safer part of Detroit. I don't know, based on what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, let's just, I guess, jump into the summary. So, I actually forgot the movie opened this way. Cold. Where it's a real cold opening of just that girl's house and it's not even the main character or anything, but that girl just bursts through the door and starts running out into the street. And I, <laughs> I had to comment on this of she's wearing like her a, night, like stuff. a night shirt, whatever, like blouse thing, like not any pants. And she's in high heels. They look like Ruby slippers from wizard of Oz. Yeah. Th- they're not like some, Oh, she's got some lifts in high heels. Those are, those are pretty big high heels. Why not take them off? When she's That's running? what I was thinking. Well, she had to put them on to go. Out yeah. of the house. She doesn't sleep in those. Right. Yeah. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be pretty impressive. But I thought that was an interesting choice of But it's really cool. I like cause this is the part where the camera is stationary. Yeah, it's, it's stationary, doing, it's but it rotates it around. Yeah. Yeah. And this happens multiple times. And I like that so you can't see what she's running from, but you cannot it's already starts to give you this vibe that it's something kind of invisible to everybody else because she does that weird circle thing. Yeah. Where she kind of runs and a weird angle around an area that you can't see because it seems like something's supposed to be there. And uh, I like how chill this dad is about this whole situation. The parents in this movie are 
Where are the parents in this movie? They, to be they honest, they aren't there. Right? There aren't any. That might be a point. I think I think that's another yeah. '80s thing, though, where it's just in the '80s, parents didn't care. Going off on adventures, Goonies were just wandering around in a cave. Mystery Gang was solving murder. Meeting aliens who like to eat egos. And Reese's Pieces. Yeah, and ride bikes ac- across the moon. Right, but so, yeah, she blows past this dad, and uh, <laughs> she gets in the car, drives away, and she just ends up at a beach, which I guess is supposed to be, what lake would that be outside of Michigan? Is that, that's not uh, Superior, is it? There's a, aren't there a few? Well, yeah, yeah but I like, just, Lake yeah, Michigan, I like Superior, like Huron. We're going to, yeah. I'm going to guess Superior. I don't know. Do the Great Lake. One of the Great Lakes. One of the Great Lakes. Yeah. But she's just sitting on the beach with her back to the water. Smart girl. Because then she can see it coming. But this I don't understand. She's talking on her phone and apologizing for stuff and saying goodbye to her parents. But why did she give up? That's never really explained. Why she she just let the thing attack her. Well, just I mean, it constantly follows people, and she probably had enough and was tired of running away. And I don't know. Just made me feel bad for her. Yeah, and you know, she might took the hero's way out by not passing it on. Mm. That's a super gross cut, by the way. So it's. We see her on the phone as it gets something gets closer. We can't see what's getting closer because it's invisible. And um, then it just quick cuts. And then she's on the beach and her leg is broken backwards above her. And so at this point, is Ugh. it bad that I immediately thought of a Christmas story in the lamp that the dad wins? <laughs> oh, my oh, God. My God. <laughs> that's the leg that I it reminded Ugh. me of. Oh, that's gross. And so you'll never look at that the same way. <laughs> Thanks for ruining that, I guess. <laughs> That's creepy. It's like a pink nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> from, from that, though, we finally meet our main character, Jamie J. Height. It's a, an MC. Yeah. <laughs> a handle. <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> MC Jamie J. <laughs> oh, I did find out. So the <laughs> the main character's name is Jay. So Jamie. And then the her sister's name is Kelly. Kelly. And those are references to Jamie Lee Curtis and her sister. The Curtis sisters. Oh. The Curter, Curter. Oh, I can't speak right now. Curtis. But, yeah, the Curtis sisters. Um, and well, I need to scratch out all of my notes because I had written down Jane is her name <laughs> <laughs> throughout well, all see, of my notes. I I actually <laughs> thought that for a little while too, but at one point it you know they when they say Jamie fully they only say it like once or twice, but that made it clear it's like oh they're calling her Jay. Yeah, that's one of those, you know, because I, I never hear a girl be called Jay. Right. No. But we meet our main protagonist of Jay, and she's in an above-ground pool. It's Detroit. It's Detroit. It's kind of gross, too. It wasn't I, very clean. I do not like above-ground pools. <laughs> They're kind of weird. They're affordable. <laughs> they look awful. And uh, we get kind of just a weird art house vibe to it of just, or floating in the pool, I guess, being an innocent free spirit. Getting creeped on. Yeah, yeah peeping I didn't get toms. Because the, the, the peeping toms come up again, and I didn't really understand the They're, they're definitely that. a red herring, because I thought that was going to be a thing where maybe the first or second time she's attacked, she doesn't think it's the thing. She thinks it's the peeping toms, mm-hmm. and then it's the thing. But no, that never happens. So that ends up being a red herring. Kind of. I mean, it manifests itself as the redheaded kid. Yeah, I also, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized that's just another point the director's making about like throughout the whole movie, there's weird levels of sexual tension from every character. 
and it just adds to it that there's these two kids that are spying on this girl because they're I guess they're sexually repressed or something. I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff like that. And it was one of those things where once I made that connection, I started noticing it more and more throughout the whole movie, and it kind of got annoying, to be honest. That was something that I was kind of sick of by the end. But, yeah, so she's floating in the pool, and uh, we are introduced to her sister, Kelly, comes out and lets her know that her and her friends are going to watch a movie, and we find out Jay's got a hot date tonight with uh, Hugh. Half name. <laughs> Hugh Hefner. He's not my favorite. He's not in it very long though. Yeah. He's a cool dude though. He's got Is like he? a he's got a lined beard and uh <laughs> cool pants. I think he's wearing earrings. Cool pants. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a neat car. He's a cool dude, man. <laughs> what defines cool pants? Cuz I need to get some. I don't know. They just seemed like jeans that fit him well in a non-sexual way. I think we're focusing on the pants too much. <laughs> But um, you know, when she I've gets heard out that's of the how you uh, become a good dresser is just getting clothes that fit you. It's not the actual clothes. Yeah, it's you buy. just how they fit you. Right. Welcome to clothing tips with John Girdler. <laughs> yeah, because oh, John only has Jinkos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm celebrating Jinko de Mayo this year. <laughs> Jinko de Mayo. We should do that. That'd be fun. <laughs> Before we skip to forward to the date, though, because we are introduced to the friends, and this is where we're introduced to who I think is the villain of this movie, cool. Paul. Um, he's the friend like of both the sister and the main character, and um, he's a creeper. And we'll Childhood get into friend. Him. Paul's the villain to you? No, Paul's the villain. I'll get into that, but right now we need to move forward a we're little bit. We're setting off on the wrong foot here. No, we're not. Paul is the villain. And uh, I just want to point out the other friend, though. I think her name's Yara. What is she reading? It's a clam e-reader. Right. Have you ever seen that? And that she's blew reading, my mind. She's reading Dostoevsky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it also a flashlight at some point in the movie? I, I feel like she uses it for another multi purpose. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean it has a ba- it's backlit, so. Is it weird that Yara Yara is kind of like my hero in this movie cuz she yeah. just gives zero zero F's the whole movie. I think she movie. has an eating disorder. I think she has a high metabolism cuz she's constantly eating and she's not really fat. Hmm. It's eating disorder. Is that an eating hmm. disorder? I think well, it's just high metabolism. Or oh, you think she's puking? There's there's a lot of hints to a lot of different things in there. Yeah, I was reading about that when I was researching this, that there's apparently multiple references to, like, at one point, someone has grass over their knee, and it's supposed to, yeah, like, Jay line does. up, well, like, and also, cutting yourself. No, 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 no. I don't think that's too far-fetched either, though, because when it grabs um, her leg, you know, it's, like, marks on the ankles. That's, like, a place people cut themselves when Paul gets, like, knocked off his stomach. Like, people cut themselves on their stomach. Oh man! I mean, while we're talking about this symbolism, what is the what does her tattoo mean? I was trying to figure out the whole movie. X marks the spot. Yeah, the she's X. marked. Ten. I, 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 th- I, think I think that it's just, just might be a tattoo she has. Yeah, it's a they, random tattoo. What finger was it on? The was middle it, finger. It was on her middle finger. Yeah, I think her middle finger. I feel like oh. the they really wanted you to see it though. It was shown a few times. I don't know. There was a lot of stuff like that though, where I think it was. That's what I was getting at with the art house stuff. Like this movie ends up being about an hour and. 40, 40, 45. I got it an hour, 35 and 42 seconds. It probably could have been closer to an hour 20. I say that hesitantly because there are a lot of long shots that are just kind of, I call them artsy, but it's not like they're bad shots or anything. And I think they're supposed to set up the tone yeah, of the movie. Atmosphere. But I think there's too many of them. 
Like there's a little bit too much. Well, so you can trim away when you're introduced to the friends before you even get to the friends on the couch. You see the mom with her back turned and her glass of wine and irresponsible parents. Well, I mean, her mom is hardly in it. And when she is in it, you never see her really. She's just around and you always see the alcohol. The only time I don't think you've seen the alcohol is when she was in the hospital and she kind of sees her mom in a haze or whatever, sitting on the chair. But like, I think going to the parents didn't care in the eighties, like maybe not so in the eighties because the timeline, we don't really know what time it is. Well, that's intentional though, from what the director said, because he didn't want, he wanted it to feel like a dream is what he's quoted as. Saying. Yeah. And it makes sense. But I think going along with the parents, you know, like, the mom wasn't going to really care. You know, Greg's mom doesn't care. Oh, Greg. We'll get to him in a second. You know, just parents. Parents just don't understand. Quote the greatest rapper of all time, <laughs> Will Smith. Will Smith. <laughs> but to get us back on track, so we're introduced to that group of friends that seem to be Jay's friends as well. They seem to kind of all be just friendly oh, yeah, towards each other. Just neighbor neighborhood friends. And uh, we see her getting ready, or Jay getting ready, and another introduction to the peeping toms outside the window. But, yeah, they're peeping outside our window, I thought. That might be later. No, this is just her putting on the pink dress, and it's, like, cute. And she's, like, getting ready to look. She's, she's looking at herself in the mirror. And you fits see, her well. Well, you see two pictures in her mirror, which are very important, which are her in her pool and her and her dad. Like, those are the only two pictures she has on her mirror. Because all she cares about are pools and dads, man. I guess we're assuming the dad's <laughs> dead, right? Because like we never see him, right? Or yeah, and that would he's ex- never referenced. Or you know, he left, and then it makes sense as to why the mom's drinking. Either way, he left or he died. Yeah. But I'm gonna go ahead and say it that this movie talks a lot about events in the past, and the characters that bring it up, it's always in reference to places and times that they felt safe. And so for her, she felt safe with her dad, and she also feels safe in the pool, which is why she's constantly getting in the pool, right? Because it's just like a place for her it's contained it's, it's weird that she feels safe in that pool because it's it's not like it's a fenced in backyard and it's very just an outdoor in and above and ground and pools are dangerous yeah they I agree. collapse a lot but like we're also around water a ton in this movie and so the above ground pool is enclosed right like we see all the edges but when we go to say you know the lake at the very beginning we don't know where it is and we don't see an end you know it's just like very endless we just don't know it's, it's very not, it's not defined. would you say it's very great well it's great like geez nah it's just a big deal oh, i think that's a big deal i make a pun and it's the worst <laughs> thing in the world you make yeah. puns consistently and they're supposed to be hilarious it's the delivery <laughs> uh, yes yeah, it's, it's definitely the delivery and the uh the timing uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying it's intentional no i i agree with your analysis it's i think that's a good point i was just slipping in a pun <laughs> Cause you set it up. Oh, you're just slipping, slipping in there, aren't you? Anyway, <laughs> uh, we see Hugh and Jay standing in line at the movie theater because they're on their date now, and uh, they're actually playing an interesting people watching game. It's adorable. That I want to try. It's a fun one, game. One time, have you done that game before? Uh, no, it, it oh, looks like, like a, <laughs> it looks like a fun game. It does. Look I've, like a I've fun played game. games similar to that on dates before. Yeah, but the game ends up just being what it's. You pick somebody. Like so, if it was just me and you, John, mm-hmm. I would see somebody in the crowd and you right. have two guesses to see who I'd want to trade places with. Right. And so then, if we were playing right now, I would guess myself. No, it was Paul. Oh. The other Paul, the Paul that's in the 
the room next door, not oh, Paul, in, Paul this in the movie. room. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I kind of want to try that game. Uh, while they're playing that game, though, it, when it's Greg or Hugh's turn, Hugh's the boy she's on a date with. Hugh s- says, "What about that girl over there?" No, nobody's standing there. No, he says, "The yellow girl no. in the yellow dress." No, we're not there. I'm Hugh, not going to go through everyone oh, no, they this, say. This is important, though. This goes back to the being safe. So when they're in line and Hugh wants to be the kid, he right, wants to go back to where he didn't have to worry about anything anymore. And she's like, what? You're only 21. And it's like, but how many people do we even know that are like, you know, having a quarter life crisis being like, what if I could only go back? And that's Hugh in this moment. He just wants to go back to where he could Cause shit he, yeah. in his pants <laughs> and not have to worry about it. Well, I mean, you can do that now. It's just kind of like it's a hassle. <laughs> I mean, now, that can be part of our quarter life crisis. We are 25, 26. Quarter life. Oh, man. We're living to be 100. Oh, man. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah, the, It's important. This is a theme, a motif. A motif. Of this movie. But after that, they're in the theater. It, they're in the theater. And I actually like that they had, they had like a weird organ thing going at the front of the theater. That was kind of interesting. That, Classic. That theater's old. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then it's the... He's trying to guess who she trades place with, points to the door and says, the girl in the yellow dress. And there's nobody there. And uh, you start to think he's a little crazy. And he gets very nervous, says, we have to leave. Movie hasn't even started yet. They paid for tickets, popcorn, soda. That's like 30 bucks. Yeah. And they're just walking out of the theater. Of the money that was spent. Isn't he kind of educated on what's going on at this point? So why is he not baffled? I, wouldn't he have known that the thing was that I was what was about following that too. him? Because it's probably walking towards him, right? That we figure out it's always just constantly walking. Well, so why did yeah. he not? So maybe he mistimed how far the theater was from where he last saw it. But he, even if he saw a girl in the yellow dress, it was probably walking toward. The movie doesn't show us, but it's probably slowly walking towards him. And wouldn't he know that was the it? That's true. He. I feel like. When when we eventually are in a position where we can actually see it coming, I agree with you it's because it, it it seems to be off while it's walking towards you. I'm also going to argue that we're opening the girl that we open in on was the last girl that he slept with, and she do dies. Do we know that though? Well, no, but we do know that it is only attached to one person at a time, and so we know that it got the girl at the very beginning. So it might just have moved on to Hugh oh. and we don't know because we do see them in a picture later. Is but that, I that's what I was going to ask. Is that is the girl in the picture they find later the girl from the beginning of the movie? So I don't know because I thought about that, but then she, that lives was his across, girlfriend. she lives across the street from Jay. And then if they didn't even recognize him from the high school, I don't think that, you know, across the street is he lives in a different him. he lives in a different te- like part of town. He does, but she, the girl that died, lived across the street from Jay. I because think. when they're looking out the window and they're like, That family's so weird. No though, no, that's that's Greg's mom about Jay's family when they eventually call the cops about the thing. You're what? flipping it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, then I guess it would have been the girlfriend. Right. There are a couple moments. Who are they talking about? The girl's about? name in the beginning is Annie, right? And I just... Is it everybody's Annie? Like, it is Annie, Annie, are you right. okay? Annie, are you okay? How how can he get away with saying that? And you're not going to give him crap. Well, you're like just a- jealous, but <laughs> she's okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's not fair. His delivery's really good. <sighs> you guys suck. <laughs> Either way, they get out of the theater. Because he's very nervous about the woman in the yellow dress that we can't see. But... 
you know, he kind of calms her down. She's like, oh, I wasn't feeling well. I'd do better. I just wanted to be outside. And then it looks like they're having a great time at this restaurant that they go to. She even takes a sip of his margarita. And you notice that someone's walking towards the diner. Yeah, I like those shots. Those are my favorite shots of the movie when it's just like you can see it in the background, but the camera's not necessarily acknowledging it. Those are the scariest shots, in my opinion. Very good. But she gets dropped off of that, or it just kind of cuts back to the next day. Nothing's really happened that night, but I guess... Yeah, they're walking down the sidewalk and Kelly smokes. Oh, Yeah. I just want to point out now, these these kids, bunch of sinners. Maybe this movie's a metaphor for sinning. Bunch of bunch of heathens having drinking parties, smoking, fornication. I mean, it's a real coming-of-age movie. <laughs> Plenty of people sense. are, yeah. I think in every scene, someone's doing something illegal. Not like illegal, illegal, but you know what I mean? Like drinking or smoking or having sex. Like Two of those things have laws... One of those. Is oh yeah. Well, I didn't mean like the sex was. Well, actually, <laughs> one of them might be because we don't know the ages of some of these people. Well, we know Jay's in college. Well, is it Jay's in college for sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. How old do you think she Paul even is? Said, she said I hooked up with Greg in high school. It's not that big of a deal. How old do you think Paul is? Because we never get the age on the sister and Paul. Uh, that's spoiler towards the end. Senior in high school is my guess. Because he looks old maybe enough. 15. Old enough. And I'm just going to throw out statutory there, just saying. Uh, Roman Jul- Juliet laws or whatever. But, yeah, so, yeah, it's Kelly and Jay walking around talking about, I guess, just life, yeah. boys. And uh, we are introduced to the cool guy neighbor, Greg, washing his station wagon. <laughs> Who looks like Billy from Scream. I could he not does. get that he, out of my head. That, that's a good point. He does look like Billy. A lot. That's and So I didn't trust him from the beginning just because of that. Yeah, I don't I don't. He's one of those cool guys in the movie right. that I don't understand why he's the cool guy. Like, he kind of looks ridiculous in my opinion. He's nice. But too but nice. nice. I think it's because his clothes fit. Close fit. Makes you cool. Is this the scene? No, no, no. Okay. So after this, though, it just goes to the second date. Because I was going to ask about what the other group of kids are doing, but that's after the second date. Because we get the second date of Jay and Hugh, and that ends up being some beers and abandoned parking lot and abandoned building and, uh, <laughs> you know, a little bit of sexy time. And uh, the back we should go of the back car. to the car. The this is the poster lot, of the movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And the parking lot they chose was—it's almost like there's a spotlight on their car. Like it's, it's very, extremely well lit. It's very romantic. I think it's intentional too, though, for Hugh's part. He needs to see everything around him. Yeah, very big open space. But uh, wide open. Space. After their sexy time, <laughs> after their sexy time, we get the classic—you know—boy goes to the trunk to get a beer, brings back some chloroform, knocks the girl out. You know, we've all been there. Well. <laughs> and I bring back up this motif, the theme of going back, because she talks about what she thought her first time was going to be like. Oh, yeah. And how it was going to be something super romantic. And then we we couldn't have had a less romantic sexy time, yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> but when she wakes up from the chloroforming, I guess that's a word, chloroforming, she is tied to a wheelchair. She's dating Christian Grey. Oh, gosh, yeah. This is... This is a lot better story than Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I'd, I'd argue it's a better love story. But this is when we're first kind of introduced to not all the rules, but basically the setup for what's going on. 
and it's Jay or Hugh is explaining to Jay that it's basically we get the gist of it's past sexually, that it's just gonna follow you. It walks towards you consistently, no matter where you go, but it walks, and that only people who have had it, like I guess have taken a turn with it, I guess can see it. So nobody else can see it until you've had sex with that person. And there's only one of it. And yeah, there's only one of it and it's passed down a line. So like that uh, Hugh tells Jay she has to pass it on if she wants to survive. And uh, we see it for the first time and it's that creepy naked lady walking through the construction site. Um, How many rusty nails do you think were in those bushes? Oh man, I don't mm. want to think about it. Very gross. Very gross naked lady. The, But Hugh doesn't leave her there, obviously. They get in the car. And this is the part I was going to ask you guys about. Because before you see him pull up, the kids are playing some sort of card game. And I couldn't for the life of me. I paused the movie. It's Old Maid. Yeah, they're playing Old Maid. That's Old Maid? The middle card literally is Old Maid. It shows it to you. What? I've never played that card game. You never played Old Maid? No. Am I out of touch? Mark, the privilege is showing. Am I out of touch? (laughs) <laughs> it's a it's a fun game. Maybe I mean, I guess you had to have friends to play, but yeah. or family. I just and Mark had neither of those. I had never seen those <laughs> Mark, cards before in my you're life. You're our yeah. old maid. I'm the old maid. Only Peter would get no. Them. I got stuck with the old maid all the time. It was the worst. Uh, I my heart would always skip a beat when I saw the old maid card because <laughs> the the version we had the deck was really creepy too. What's funny about this? You just didn't want to be stuck. With I that. have no idea what you guys are talking about. Like, so old why? maid is basically so. The deck. Is this a metaphor? I just caught it. It's a metaphor for the movie. The old maid is you don't want to be stuck with it, so you have to pass it off to somebody else. Right. Right. So yeah. I just now made this connection. So you split the deck among all the people playing. Okay. And then it's just like if I have a fish and John has a fish and I pull it, you know, it's like, ah, as long as I don't get get the old maid. When do you end the game? When so you have pairs. So if I get like a pair of something, then I lay it down and so the old maid doesn't have a pair. Okay. They're stuck. The version I had, they were all occupations. So that's how I learned, you know, what I wanted to be when that's I grew up. That's how you knew then. which jobs men had and which jobs women <laughs> Right, <had>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they made the plumber look like a fool, which, you know, was kind of... I just love how out of it I am in this conversation. Like, I have no idea just how this game works, really. We're gonna just move past be, it. You just don't want to be stuck with the old maid. We're going to move past it. Just like the movie. You don't want to be stuck <laughs> you don't with, be stuck it. with yeah. it. I think this is actually really funny how Hugh does the like body dump yeah <laughs> he just pulls up throws her out not even out of the grass just puts her on the center of the road and just says pass it on and then peels out we forgot to mention that Hugh also tells her if she dies it'll come after, oh, it'll come him, after which him. is an important yeah. rule that is an important rule because they'll just go down the line but yeah so obviously the police get called um it kind of investigate i feel like the police would be able to find out who this kid is right but uh yeah it kind of leads to nowhere find out he used a fake name to rent the house he was staying at and this is an elaborate plan by this kid long con very long con classic we say kid well i he's at least 21 yeah i don't know he's a an adult <laughs> this this young adult yeah <laughs> this young, young professional I like the scene though where they're back at the uh, the site where they had their sex attempt, and the police are kind of looking around, and it's just the police guy looks down. And he's like, "Hmm," picks up purse, 
Like, how do you not notice the purse? It's a parking lot. <laughs> like, it's just like him looking around. <laughs> and then oh. he like steps on it. He's like, oh my God, it's a purse. <laughs> it's like his buddies on the other side, like looking for Prince being like, good one, Johnson. <laughs> I just loved how out of place that was. Like, <laughs> Here on the fast track to Inspector. <laughs> Keep it up. You'll make detective in no time. <laughs> Um, this is a, I guess it, when it cuts back to the house, it's just Jay kind of in a PTSD mood of just laying in bed. And there, there are too many scenes in this movie where someone's just in their underwear or in a bathing suit. Well, so this is good when she's. This is a creeper scene when she's in the oh, bathroom yeah. and she's looking at. She's like, "Did I get something? <laughs> Did I get it? Because <gasps> uh, it it wasn't shown that it was protected." I feel like the rest of the movie, the wardrobes, they're all in pajamas. Like, <laughs> oh, they seriously, are, though. If they're in pajamas notice, for a while because of it's supposed to take place like right after they escape from the house a little bit later. True. Even the next day. Like, I remember Paul's wearing pajama pants pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Paul. Oh, Paul. Well, he's just the ready to go, movie. right? And what's easier to get out of the pajama <laughs> pants? <laughs> But yeah, we kind of get some shots of her trying to get her life back together. Jay get her life back together, and we see her in class for the first time. I actually, wrote down if she was in college or high school because that yeah. looked like a college. But she looked young enough and was living with her parents where it could be high school. Uh, also, throwing this out there, does the actress who plays Jay kind of look like Gwen Stefani? Um, a little bit, maybe to you, man. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. She get reminded that me at of all. Gwen Stefani. Okay. <laughs> I, I might be alone on that statement. It's okay. <laughs> You're out on a limb, man. Out on You're limb. on the fast track to detect this. <laughs> Keep talking like that and you'll be me to made for life. <laughs> play me off. Play me off. <laughs> He's dying up there. He's dying out there. Get him off the stage. So we're in college class. We're in college class. And someone doesn't belong out there on the quad. <laughs> Nice, Peter. <laughs> but yeah, so we see her look at the window, though, and we see the old lady just kind of the old maid walking. The old maid, which you don't want to get stuck with now, I, I learned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, today so, I learned. But I think she I, she has no reason to really think something's wrong, but it kind of freaks her out. I mean, she's also well, in she a nightgown. Well, she doesn't know for sure. Well, Grandma's in a nightgown. Grandma's on a college campus. And yeah. when she leaves, the professor makes a pretty big deal out of it. Like, excuse me, did y'all's professors do that? Because no. I feel like people left all the time. No, and the people professor would, just kept teaching. I, so. Yeah, the profe- <laughs> like professors just don't care most of the time because right. it's like, all right, there goes your participation grid. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> both. Or if someone leaves and like they don't say anything to the student, they'll ask... Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? I got I to gotta get him in trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it, it's the creepy old lady. She leaves the classroom. It's in the hallway. She tries to make contact with it. People look at her like she's crazy. Hey. She gets away. She runs to the ice cream shop where her sister and Paul have a pretty sweet gig running this ice cream shop. Also, I, the first time I watched this movie, I didn't understand if it was going to be some weird dynamic with the with Paul and the sister Kelly. Because, like, why are they always hanging out together? Because, like, even they make jokes about Paul in this next scene where yes. she's explaining how she's crazy or that she feels like she's going crazy. And uh, Paul's like, I'll stay over. They're both like, no. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> no. And uh, the, the sister's like, no, you don't want him over there. Like, well, you'll you wake up with him humping your leg. Yeah, that's what you're more afraid of. <laughs> and I'd then, be afraid of waking up. Yeah, with Paul. I'm not letting <laughs> Paul sleep in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Am I the only one who is pro-Paul? Yes! yes! 
Paul is the villain of this movie. I'm not going to say villain of the movie, but the guy is like too horny. He is creeper. He, yeah, he has way too many repressed But what I'm, getting, <laughs> what I'm getting at, though, is if both of them know this about Paul, why is he constantly hanging out with him? I, well, I think they're just making fun of him. I don't know. They, he was, like he was Jane's first kiss, we find out, right? He, they were both their first yeah, kiss. Yeah. Both the sisters. He kissed both sisters. That's a red flag. Get him out of there. Paul the player. You just had to try him out, you know? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yeah, but that's our first real kind of time I noticed that Paul might be the villain of this movie. I got a vibe of it in the earlier scene when he's introduced, but you know, this was the first time. But we cut to the house and Paul's downstairs watching a B science film from the 1950s. They're always watching something from like the 1950s. It's always black and white and like weird, poorly made. But Jay can't sleep, obviously, because why? How would you ever be able to sleep in this situation? I beats me. But goes downstairs and um, Paul's like, "You could sleep here. Yeah, <laughs> you can sleep here. Sleep on this couch. I'll just move over uh, six inches." And uh, he likes to bring up a really inappropriate story about the time. They found them dirty found, magazines. Yeah, they found dirty magazines and we're flipping through them together. It's like we were such dumb kids. We're such dumb, <laughs> dumb kids. Like Paul, you look harkening back <laughs> to the time they thought they were, you know, like safe. But while also talking about sex, because this whole movie is about sexual okay, tension. Okay, so I do want to call attention to this because I definitely could empathize with this moment with Paul. This is the closest I ever felt being like, I can connect with you, Paul. But when her foot kind of slid a little bit on the couch and it was a lot closer to him, and he's like. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> she almost touched me. <laughs> oh, oh, Paul. I uh, see that makes me. Was ner- I, I was scared for her. Hold on, though. Am I the only one that's like ever felt that? Like it's like a not a big deal, and then like I'm like she's really close to me right now. No, oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty relatable. Not to me. Most girls stay like a solid forty, <laughs> fifty feet away. That's just because you look like a homeless person. Yeah, well, you know it's okay as long <laughs> as I'm not Paul. He's but Paul's <laughs> awful. <laughs> This is <laughs> this is the the big break into the house because oh, the window gets broken, right? Yeah. And so um, Paul goes to check it out but doesn't see anything because he can't see the monster. And then there is a naked ping, naked woman peeing herself in the kitchen. Pretty scary scene. She looks like a rape victim. Yeah, she's also missing teeth. And uh, that was a genuinely kind of just scary moment. And she makes a run for it upstairs. She was very full of urine. <laughs> Very full. Very full. Was it? I guess it was urine. Yeah. Yeah. She was peeing herself. What did you think she was doing? Well, uh, didn't know if she had a water balloon under her. <laughs> <laughs> her oh, gown in, oh, innocent John. <laughs> <laughs> she was a <the> clown. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she makes the Jay makes the break upstairs, locks the door. But then the friends come in asking what's wrong, and then there's Nothing's another knock out here. Yeah, there's another knock on the door. And I love that Paul grabs a broom because he's a big, strong man, and he thinks brooms do a lot of damage because he's the villain of this movie. <laughs> well, he he comes across like he wants to help her, but really, what are his intentions? His intentions, his intentions are not pure. He wants to share the load. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> but the second time they open the door is because it's <laughs> is it Yara? Yara comes to the door, and the second time they open the door, it's Yara. But behind Yara is like a seven-seven dude, like that. That dude needs to be in the NBA because it's a real person. That wasn't CGI. Actually, the NBA now is more geared towards small ball 
whether it's faster right, pace John. and a lot. <laughs> That's awesome to like the two percent of people in this world that watch <laughs> basketball now. <laughs> I get what you're saying, Mark. Thank you. But <laughs> John pushes up his glasses. <laughs> well, actually, well, um, actually, according to my calculation, <laughs> the NBA has now shifted to small court ball, or whatever it was that he said. <laughs> small ball, okay, okay. Oh, is that what you've got? <laughs> but Jay makes a great escape because once she sees the seven foot seven guy, makes a great escape out the window and runs away, and the friends don't know what's going on. And again, we're going to talk about the motif Peter keeps bringing up. She runs to a swing set where she feels safe. Yeah. Hmm. And like not only does it give her strategic an area to like it's open and she can see everyone that's approaching, it's also a place that at one point she felt And it safe. reminds her of her youth. Right. So further showing that this is a coming of age film. In in one way or another, yes. Yeah, in a weird way, I guess. <laughs> but it's while unknown. the friends track track down Jay to the swing set, and this is where Greg the cool neighbor guy. Oh, yeah, he was macking up someone in his car. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, and then Paul's running out. And he's like, Jay, Jay, wait. Like, that Jay looks wait, so bad. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. I thought you were ready. <laughs> Greg offers to take them all on a ride to go find the, the house that Hugh lived in where they're going to do some Scooby-Doo investigations. And uh, that house is like... I thought it was cool once they get to the house and they're investigating the house, how many escape routes Hugh had in that house. You got to give him some credit. That was pretty, that was pretty nifty. That was a MacGyvered out house. The cans like along the window, the like the bathroom punch out wall in case he like got stuck in the bathroom. That was pretty nifty. And the dirty magazines. Can we talk about this? (laughs) Yeah. He has dirty (laughs) magazines in his attic with tissues on them. Um, because he cries while he reads porno magazines is what I'm assuming. Well, he cries out of his third eye. Uh, uh, Peter. <laughs> I, I was trying to avoid that. The <laughs> third eye blind. <laughs> but did anyone else notice? Hey, guess who discovers the dirty mags? Paul. Chris Paul. He's got a Guess little... what? Guess what? He has pressing matters on hand. Guess what he decides to do? Sits down, browses through them. He's like, yeah, I've Paul's seen, all I've about, better. Yeah, Paul's all about like, oh, sweet porno mags. Villain of the film. But in and one when of those Jay porn- shows up, he's still just flipping through. Yeah, unfazed, he's like, "You check out this cool porno magazine. You want? Do you want to read it together? Maybe." <laughs> but then yeah. Hugh like bookmarked where he was. <laughs> yeah, I like that Hugh had a, a bookmark of him and his girlfriend. <laughs> I like that spread <laughs> in the middle of the magazine, and that's how they're able to track down what high school he went to. You recognize that L? Was. You mean like in the alphabet? <laughs> 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 yeah, they're they're better detectives than that, <laughs> that police officer out in the parking lot. <laughs> I don't know, man. He, he found the purse. He did find that purse. This is also a great scene when they go to oh, the when they go to the high, high school, school and the camera does the two laps around. Right, and you notice you don't notice it at first, but on the second lap around, you see it walking well, towards. You, do, you see it even on the first. Well, yeah, but you don't notice it as much. You know what I mean? I'm, that's what I'm getting at. It's Most, subtle. The average viewer. We, we know you're not the average viewer. Thanks, <laughs> man. That's all I wanted to <laughs> hear. Suspicion for compliments <laughs> that's, here. That's not what I wanted to hear. But right. <laughs> uh, So they figure out who he is, his real name, which is Jeff. Is it Redman? But his real name's Jeff. His name is Jeff. <laughs> and uh, they track him down. And he that's the only parent we really see, like, an interaction with like where you see her face and everything. I guess you see Greg's mom for a second too, but 
Jeff's mom. Two of them. Super excited that Jeff has friends and they're coming over to the house, <laughs> even though they're all staggered across her yard in a weird way. You got one at the door, one looking into their car, two at the other car. Maybe <laughs> it's maybe may, uncomfortable. The maybe the lack of parents is another kind of symbol for just teenage years in general, because the parents probably wouldn't have believed any of this, right? So that's I mean, true. When you're that age, you don't really go to your parents with things because they just don't understand. Yeah, that's why you listen to bands like Will Simple Smith. Plan and I thought you were oh, quoting yeah. Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> we already quoted him. Parents so. just don't understand. Parents well, just don't just understand. The, with the, the comparable angst. DJ Jazzy Jazzy Jeff. Oh, what is his name? <laughs> what is Will Smith's <laughs> DJ's <Yeah>. name? <laughs> Carlton. It's not Carlton. <laughs> it I is think it's Jazzy Jeff. It is. Judges say it's Jesus. Jeezy Jeff. DJ Jazzy Jeff. Assistance from the other room. Like that. Uh, That's our intern, Paul. <laughs> our, yeah, intern, our, Paul. our friend Paul is not a bad guy. Yeah, he's not the villain of this movie, the other Paul. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> last nameless Paul. Once we meet Jeff, though, he kind of explains the rules a little bit better, that he got it from one night stand at a bar. He doesn't even remember the girl. He doesn't remember the girl, and he explains that she's just got to pass it on. And then, <laughs> he <laughs> I love this comment of, it'll be easy for her, she's a girl. I'm like, Whoa. that's sexist. Well, Get not. woke, Jeff. Oh, stay woke. Stay woke, or get Jeff killed but what's funny is later in this movie it ends up being pretty true that it was, it was pretty easy for her uh, so uh, sexism uh, you just don't want to uh. i guess jeff was the real hero of this movie is what we're getting at right i mean did everything right well he also did what jay doesn't end up doing for greg and forces her to see it yeah that's that's uh definitely something that i actually when we get to the end and i ask you guys how how you'd beat the monster. That's actually part of my thing too. Good guy. So it, it, would we say Jeff is kind of the uh, uh, Ron of this movie? Not mm. close. I think okay. what keeps Real. him from being Ron is, you know, he just disappears. Or Jeff Grizzle. Joe Grizzly. <laughs> you mean Joe Grizzly? <laughs> yes. No, maybe closer to a Joe Grizzly. Um, but yeah, he's not quite hero status. <laughs> no martyr, that Jeff. No martyr. No, because he didn't want to die. If he was a hero, he would just. I do it. like that. Pretty much all the guys in this movie are literally Sex the fiends. worst. They are the worst. Yeah, they they're just. Oh, unlikable. even when they're exploring the house and uh, Jeff is just or uh, Greg is checking Greg? Yara out. Yeah, that's so weird. Ugh. He's like, yeah, look at those legs. Oh, Greg, I don't like that guy. I'm happy when he gets his comeuppance from but his mom. Once we uh, kind of learn more of the rules and it's just the whole Jeff just says, you got to pass it on, you got to pass it on, you guys need to get out of here. You know, they make an escape, I guess. I don't know if it's really escape because they're not being chased really at that point. But they make a run for a beach house that Greg's parents have, which is a nice little lake getaway. I do laugh that he walks out to a shed that's not locked, opens a like a toolbox thing that's also not locked, and then there's a loaded gun in there. That's gun safety 101 for you. Yeah. Besides the fact that you don't leave a gun outside in that kind of temperature by a lake because it'll rust stuff, but, I mean, lock it. <laughs> How hard is it to lock it? But then you have to keep up with the key. Oh, my gosh. It's just like, don't keep it out there either. <laughs> like, why would you need the gun out there? Keep it in the house, locked in a safe. Gun safety. Welcome to America. Well, there's a reason his dad's not around anymore, right? Oh. oh. You thinking, thinking murder? You think uh, Greg murdered him? N- no, maybe just you know <laughs> poor gun handling or something. I don't know. Oh, I do like though when uh, we see them at the beach, 
how awkward that looks. Like no one's saying anything. And this is why I love Yara because this is part of the setup for the tension of the scene. Because it's you see Yara coming walking closely from behind, but she looks off, and then you just see when it's doing the spin around with the camera, you see Yara's just in the water floating, floating yeah. having a good time, <laughs> just being like, "You guys should get in the water." Everyone's like, "No." <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, maybe later." I'm kind of just sitting on a beach, and everyone's looking at each other longingly. I can't handle this. Kelly, the sisters, looking at Greg. Greg's looking at Jay. Jay's looking at the ground. <laughs> Paul's looking, Paul's at, looking Jay. at Jay, and the audience is looking at it. At it, it's. <laughs> it, but we're not looking at it very longingly. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought that was a really weird. Actually, Greg checks out the sister too. That's a scene where Greg looks and they make eye contact, and then Kelly's like, does a little like, oh, like oh, he's checking me out. <laughs> yeah, she's also wear, has a weird thing of a swimsuit top, I like jean shorts, and then like knee highs. Knee highs. Yeah, I don't quite understand that. That's why my vote's for Yara of Hero of the Movie. Just saying. She's out there having a good time. She's just along for the ride. She's not afraid of anything. She's kind of just hanging out. She's got cutting-edge technology. Yeah, a clam e-reader. That's pretty cool. I like that In you know, as a fake Yara is approaching, Greg literally gets caught with his dick out in the moment. Oh, yeah, because he's peeing yeah, off in the... Yeah, it's amazing. That is a great moment. But this is actually a really cool scene in the movie it's because it's... We For a second, it cuts away from um, being able to see the fake Yara walking up behind uh, Jay. And Jay's like, oh, I guess I'll get in the water. And she stands up to start getting ready. And then you just see her hair shoot up. And everyone around the circle is super shocked because obviously they can't see the monster. But it has gotten her. And uh, Paul, oh, dumb, dumb Paul. This is my favorite part of the whole movie, actually. He hits it, the invisible entity with a chair, and the chair just shatters. And then he gets thrown across the beach, and I'm like, yes. He flies, too. Oh, man. I was like, this is the moment, it monster. Take that guy out. But he's too distracted. He's trying to get trying to get Jay. But I, I, forgot, I guess she just breaks free from it, and they make a run for um, the shed where they lock the door, and then the it monster busts out the bottom. And so we now know it can like break through physical things if it tries hard enough, even though wood's not that hard to break Well, through. that was after um, she shoots fake Yara in oh, the yeah. neck. She does start shooting at it. I was kind of hoping she would shoot Greg because the way like when Greg's running up behind him to see what's happening and they kind of line up, I was like, that would have been epic it's, if she had iced Greg. It's foreshadowing though for what does end up happening because really yeah. Yara does get shot. But Poor Yara. I, how... What a different layer would have added been added to this movie if they not only had to run away from the it monster, but they actually also had to cover up the fact that Jay murdered Greg. <laughs> That'd be a fun new layer to this film. I mean, there are no parents or cops around, so they probably would have gotten away with it. They just bury him in the sand. Yeah. Well, Greg's mom would have probably noticed he wasn't there after a few days. Maybe. Maybe. But they break away from the shed. Or well, at least Jay does, and she steals the car, which is pretty funny that she leaves. She's just gonna leave him stranded at that beach house, and then she ends up crashing the car because <laughs> I don't know why. I guess it was like she almost hit that one truck swerves, yeah. but from there we just wake up in a hospital. And uh, I adding to the whole motif that I noticed more than just the safe space thing was the first cut at the hospital is. Um, 
or after we find out she's okay and everything at the hospital, the first cut to that night is two ner- a nurse and a physician's assistant flirting in the locker room. Like, come on. Why is every every other second of this movie has to be sexually related? Well. It's just like kind of What overdone. planet do you live on, Mark? Earth. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Sad. But this is where we get some awkward hospital. You sound an awful lot like Paul in this movie. No. <laughs> Don't you dare say that. <laughs> That's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. And you said some hurtful things. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where we get some awkward hospital sex, which is kind of weird. Because I guess at this point, Jay has decided she should try to, or not necessarily just pass it along, but try, I guess it's partly trying to prove to Greg that the situation is real. You know what I mean? That seemed to be her strategy because she was very much against passing it along. And while she's in the hospital, too, this is also where we get Creeper Paul just staring into the hospital room. Oh, gosh. So like, why spent, are they holding hands? I, I spent so much time in this movie just watching Paul be super Creeper. <laughs> well, yeah, right after that, we see, like, Jason laying in bed, and then the cuts to Greg at a table with three other girls just chatting it up, chilling eating out, a sandwich. Chilling out, Mackin. Yeah, he's Relaxing definitely a Paul boy. Cool. Shooting some, but an important part of that though is for some reason he is not seeing it. Like it hasn't gotten to him, and I don't really understand that. Like why wouldn't it have gotten to him by now? Because it makes it seem like it's been a day or two. Yeah, he's said three days. Yeah, so three days. Why? Why wouldn't it have gotten to him in three days? Honestly, he's always on the move. He might not even notice. He also might not really have been looking. Right. True, because he doesn't really seem to believe it. Because he, when he approaches the kids later, the other group of friends, the Yara, Kelly, and Paul, when they're on the porch, because they're drink, they're always drinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paul has a flask. Yeah. Paul has a flask. Hard life. <laughs> but they're all, except for Yara. Yara doesn't really speak up, but Kelly and Paul are very much like, you don't believe what's happening. Da, 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 and Greg seems to be a denier, denier of the truth. And this is where Greg ends up dying in probably one of the grosser ways you can die in a movie because uh what is it jay sees sees fake greg like sleepwalking Mm -hmm. up the street and uh jay tries to go save him but by the time she gets there fake jay has turned into jay's mom or fake mom it Greg's knocks mom. Him, and it or, oh, the, yeah, Greg's mom. In, entered the house by throwing a brick again, like last time. Yeah, I actually... So interesting. I laughed. If we could go back to that, I laughed pretty hard on my second viewing of watching him break that window because it's how he does it. It's, it's so, so lazy. Like, it's so lazy. It's not even a throw. It's just like... like and over, the whole thing over shatters. Him. Like him crawling in there, he would have sliced his whole body up. Yeah, but I guess... Well, I would say he's an immortal monster thing. But not but Jay. He, and then Jay falls in through the window. And oh, she's yeah. Cool. She should have been cut up. But, yeah, when she goes through the window, follows him upstairs, and it's turned into a Greg's mom knocking. And I love the, Mom, what the hell? And it's just <laughs> mom attacks. And <laughs> when <laughs> moms attack. <laughs> when <laughs> moms attack. I would watch that. Four? Uh, wait, I don't wait. know about four of them. <laughs> you could make four of those. It sounds like a lifetime series. Sounds like a fetish. Uh, let's uh, not go. Down. Well, let's not go. Down. Well, actually, now we have to go. Yeah, down we're road. in that scene because <laughs> when she walks up to the door to see what happened, uh, it the it monster now having taken the form of Greg's mom is uh, humping him. Uh, uh, saying it lightly, I, I 
She's draining the life I, out yeah, of him. Yeah, I guess that's how... I guess this is, this is where we learn how the monster kills people. And it looks like it sexually drains them. Is the only way I could think to describe it. It's gross. Hmm. But it's, it's pretty nasty. It, it's probably the, the grossest death that we see. There's a lot right? of bad sound effects. Yeah. There's a lot of like... There's a lot to take in. The, in the monster's moment. way too into it. Makes eye contact with Greg. Ooh, yeah. Ugh. They're they're not head to toe. Ugh, you know? It's just... Ugh, I don't like it. Hmm. But I'm happy Greg's dead. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, as me too. bluntly now, as I could say that, I did not like him. Now we know he's not the killer. Yeah. And so Jay makes a break for it, hops in the car and starts driving away. But I laugh because she stops. She just reaches a point and she just stops and like sits in the hood of her car. I think after that moment, I think you'd find me like six states over. Like I would drive until yeah. the car didn't. Because you know it's it's very slow moving, and yeah. so I would try to outrun it. I feel like, like I at think this I point. would have yeah like a breakdown at that point of watching it kill somebody and just I'm right. gone. Yeah. It's kind of the thing I always bring up in horror movies too. Of like you always see people run, run to like different buildings and try to hide. I'm always of the mindset of unless this killer, I know this killer is faster than me, I'm not going to stop because adrenaline's going to let me run like 10 miles, <laughs> like just gone. Like if you really want to kill me, you're going to catch me in the next <laughs> county, okay? <laughs> but yeah, so you just keep driving. But um, I laugh at this because I guess she's trying to buy time, but she when God, she wakes up- never in- enough of it. Mm. when she wakes up the next morning she sees or hears the music coming from the boat that's on the lake mm-hmm. and there's three boys out there this was sad this was sad i didn't really want to see it dark yeah i'm happy it cut away from this but it's yeah she strips down a bit and starts swimming out to them and then we cut to her kind of pulling in you see her cast is wet so she did swim out to them so it's basically implied she probably had sex with those three dudes kind of a to pass it along to them yeah to pass right. it along with them but it's still kind of a sad moment really sure are we sure though i, I mean it doesn't show what us. happens next well that's where well, i was gonna yeah, i think i think a way around that is i think if those three dudes were still just together on like a fishing trip and they don't know anything about it then they'd all be in the same room or not room but same area and so he'd get all three of them really quickly well honestly it wouldn't it be it just gets the one guy, the first guy. That's true. She really only had to sleep with one of them because it would have only gone to that guy. That's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. But so what I'm thinking is because after this scene, she and Paul do the deed. And if she thought it wasn't following her anymore, why would she and Paul? No, her and Paul don't do the deed till after the pool incident. Yeah, and uh, Mark's right. It's, it's later. It's not till the end of the movie. Because they do the pool thing and Paul can't see it. Well, how does she... Why Why are they even doing that? Doing what? The pool? If they thought that it's not following them. Or her. Well, I think that she did not tell them that she slept with a dude on the boat. Or dudes or whatever and so they're under the assumption that it's just coming after her now and i think she knows it'll eventually come after her 
But they're just going to wait in that pool. And they're just going to wait in that pool area. Yeah, Paul's like, do you trust me? Because he sees the picture. He chooses that really weird moment to kiss her in the bedroom. Oh, yeah. Well, she this turns is, away. Let's talk about this. Because this is really where Paul becomes, in my mind, just the worst person in the world. Because it's, she's going through a trauma. You now believe, like, if you're Paul, you now believe her because you've seen all this crazy shit. You take that moment to try to kiss her and then basically be like, why don't we just have sex? And then I can see it too. But it's not from an actual place, in my opinion, of like trying to protect her. He's really just trying to get in her pants. Like Paul is the worst. <laughs> I hate I'm, him. <laughs> I'm trying to defend Paul here, but I, I can't. He can't. In, in this moment. And the more, you, the more you do that, it's hurting your cause. Hmm. Yeah. So he, he sees a picture of her in her swim cap. Right. Right. Yeah. From when pool. she was a kid. And it gives him this idea that the audience doesn't know what it is yet. But cut to pool. Do you remember the first place where we kissed? Oh, yeah. You could just say the pool. Uh, no, I know. I'm not saying <laughs> that to you, Peter. I just mean like, I feel like that scene could have been like, I got an idea. Let's go to the pool. But the, it, it wouldn't have brought up the motif of remember the first place we kissed. No, of the past and it being <laughs> a better time. Was that a motif in this movie, Peter? It's just something I've, I've brought up a lot. So when it cuts to the pool, though, that that building is surrounded by barbed wire. It's, so it's why ominous. Is, okay. Why is this a swimming pool? Well, so I laugh about that. Where are they? The way they talk about it before they drive, they drive away, they do the reference of like the sisters, like yeah, that's the first place I ever had a beer. And then Yara's <laughs> like, I haven't been to the pool since I was fourteen. And Paul has to be a smart ass asshole and be like, who took you to the pool? Like it's some makeout spot. <laughs> yeah, rightly gets slapped because Paul's a Ugh. But it sounds like this place that it should be like an abandoned pool. Like it's this like weird hangout that teens found because like no one really goes there. It's a nice pool. It's well kept. And yeah, inside that ominous building that's alone for like three blocks in each direction, it's like this really nice, well kept pool. I don't know. That just kind of threw me off. That was a weird, just a weird moment. But it seems like the plan is... They're going to have Jay be in the center of the pool, and then they've lined the pool with electrical items from around the house, electrical appliances. They pulled those together really fast Yeah, and had a lot of them. I also never really thought about the fact that a typewriter could be electric. I know that's a stupid thing, but like it was one of those like, oh, yeah, that would be electric because the rotor would push it back. It's fun. Dates you a little bit. Yeah. A lot of lamps, a lot of like ironing boards, all sorts of stuff, hair dryers. Extension cords. A lot of extension cords. (laughs) <laughs> I have an image now of like <laughs> the mom's back at the house, like tries to plug something in. It's just like all of her appliances are gone. <laughs> all of her plugs are gone. <laughs> they just rob that lady's house. Well, she might've already sold some of that stuff to get more liquor. And we don't know. We don't know. Mm. Yeah. But so yeah, the p- plan seems to be wait until the monster gets into the pool. They get Jay out and then they electrocute it, which it wouldn't work. Like all the outlets they plug it into, like, all the extension cord stuff, those have surge protectors in it that stop it from doing that. Like, what is their logic of this actually working? And Jane, they're going to shock Jane, too. That's what I was... Or, or sorry, Jay. Jay. I'm sorry. Well, I guess um, they were going to wait until she was free and clear. But, yeah, that's highly risky. Uh, ends up not working, obviously, because when the monster comes in, it can see through that trap and starts just throwing appliances at her, which is kind of funny. It's like a force moment. And who is this guy? Oh, the guy we see? I don't know. Are we supposed to recognize him? It's her daddy. Oh, is it her dad? Mm, yeah. I didn't connect that. That's why when Kelly asks who is it, and she goes, I don't want to tell you. Oh, that makes sense. I 
did kind of laugh because this scene reminded me of the scene in Empire Strikes Back when Vader's just throwing things at Luke and he just keeps getting hit like each direction. So what does that bring in from the beginning of the movie? The two pictures on her mirror. I have a feeling Peter's going to say motif. She's in a pool <laughs> and her father <laughs> is at the pool. We've come full circle. Yeah. And those two places, you know, no longer safe. No You've longer safe. You've proven me things. wrong. Not that I ever doubted you. but Peter Blankenship, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make the te- detective. <laughs> You're going to make <laughs> You're on the fast track. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> Thank you. I do want to say this is the point in the movie before the pool set up to backtrack a tiny bit is where we get the eight mile reference, which you know who makes yeah. it? Yara. Because she's cool. Hero of the movie. Is Her and the- Paul are going to fight later, hopefully in the sequel. It's going to be a battle between the two of them. Is that what you call it? A sequel? Fighting. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't. I don't want to acknowledge the joke Peter was trying to make there. I was trying to laugh off mic, but it it didn't work. It didn't work. (laughs) So the pool plan goes to shit because it's a stupid plan, and of course it wasn't going to (laughs) work. But and you know you know who thought of the plan? Throwing the stuff. You know why the plan was going to work? Because you know who thought of the plan? Paul. So it's only half baked because all he's trying to do is get in Jay's pants. I mean, in in Paul's defense, it's kind of like the keep your friends close but your enemies closer type of mentality. And so he was really drawing the the enemy to them. I guess. <laughs> well, I still Paul think it's not. Nothing else had worked at this point. I just, I just, it's bad plan. Bad plan. So Paul. it's trying to kill Jay from throwing all the stuff at her. Right, and uh, they. Paul gets the gun. Paul gets the gun. Tries to shoot at it. Shoots Yara, which is fun. <laughs> uh, Yara <laughs> takes a bullet in the leg, like a champ, by the way, because she's the hero of this film. She walks it off. She walks it off. She's uh, holding strong. Um, I did laugh that Paul, being a, a, the dumbass that he is, wouldn't have noticed that Yara's right there. But uh, at this point, Kelly, the sister, throws a sheet over where they think the monster is. She misses a couple times, but then finally gets it. And this brings up like the fact that physical objects can actually touch the monster because mm-hmm. we see the outline of the monster at this point oh we knew that too because it picked up a brick and well yeah it picked up a brick and stuff but those were things that well, i guess the chair kind of counts too but it's just another proof that it's an a physical thing uh but then paul walks up and shoots it in the head so who kills the monster well Th- they nobody. don't kill it you know why because it can't die paul fails you know what paul makes the situation worse because he shoots it in the head it falls to its knees into the pool then they lose track of it because the sheet's off of it. Guess what? Starts attacking Jay in the pool, drowning her. And then Paul thinks he's Annie Oakley. Starts <laughs> shooting into the water, thinking he can kill it from there. He's I mean, no he ends detective. up hitting it, but like... He's lucky, though. Super lucky. Not to mention that's not how bullets work, <laughs> but we, we we don't have to... Something about Borealis that. or something? I don't know. It's Yeah, it's just the water wouldn't... It doesn't matter. <laughs> but they she kind of... Or Jay climbs out of the pool. And actually, this is one of my personal favorite shots of the movie because it's kind of showing from the kid's perspective, the pool, they're like, is it still in there? And then it's as Jay climbs towards the pool, you see from her point of view, it's just filling with blood. Mm-hmm. And it's this really cool kind of just like wave. Um, then it cuts to... Would we say she was baptized? <laughs> In the I, I, I'm gonna let Peter uh, P- explain this. Go go forward with this. I want to see where you're going with this. <laughs> is this the part where she finally comes to terms with what she's going to have to live with? 
I guess. Because I guess you're right, because the next scene is she does the deed with Paul, which uh, I didn't want Paul to get what he also, wanted. Also, in this whole thing, this whole mess of Paul shooting Yara, he doesn't apologize no once. One, no one I've checks been on, on Yara. <laughs> Nobody's it, worried about it's, Yara. It's not her first time. <laughs> I was worried about Yara, okay? Nobody besides Mark is worried about Yara. Because she's the hero. They do go into hero. her hospital Yeah, room. they visit her in the hospital, but they and fall asleep in her hospital room. I mean, did you hear what she was reading out loud? It's kind of heavy stuff. It is pretty heavy <laughs> From her stuff. little clamshell. Yeah, but, I mean, she took a bullet. She's thug. But yeah, even what she's talking about, you know, like in the quote is... It is accepting your fate kind of ideas. Yeah. But yeah, so it's Jay, it, when it cuts from the pool, it's Jay and Paul finally doing that deed. Paul, Paul gets what he wants. Villain of the movie wins, and um, Paul's best line is, "I liked you too, you know." Oh yeah, why'd you pick Greg? I like you too. It's like you do understand that something's trying to kill me, it's you so, asshole. It's so bad. I liked you too, you know. Why don't you have sex with me? I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you ever think maybe because she likes you, she doesn't want you to die from this monster, you dumbass, Paul? Oh. I hate Paul. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, so they do it, and then Paul's gonna go yeah, out. And Paul sees it, and then he find a prostitute. Yeah, I guess or two. I guess that's the plan. Is he's gonna get a prostitute? He's gonna become a a Jack the Ripper of sorts by accomplice it's, because he's just killed all these prostitutes. Bad logic. Like maybe the prostitute will get rid of it fast, but that doesn't mean the John is. Yeah, that's true. So it's not gonna be that great of a like buffer. And we know it wasn't. Right, because we yeah we get the hospital scene. And then after that, we get the shot of it's Paul and Jay walking down the street, holding hands, and then the monster's behind them, just walking behind them. And I guess this is their life now. They're just going to look out for each other. Paul wins. The villain wins, everybody. The villain wins. The villain gets the girl. And that's how it usually happens in life. I, I want to talk about something real quick before <laughs> we go into the question of how you'd beat the monster. So I've been saying a lot, Paul's the villain. I want to explain... That it's not just Paul, it's Greg, and it's you. And you know who the hero is of this movie? It's not actually Yara. It's the It. You know why? Because the It is protecting Jay. Who gets attacked by this monster most of the time? The guys. The guys. That are taking advantage of her. Except It is Annie. a guardian angel. Yeah. It kills Annie Annie was beginning. a slut that was spreading rumors, <laughs> spreading rumors about Jay off screen that we never see. This is my headcanon. So the only <laughs> the only guy can- character that you would like in this whole movie is the dad in the beginning who was worried about her daughter. Yeah. His daughter. Yeah. Mm. He's the only male character that showed and he even he didn't have show enough care to really be concerned about his daughter, to chase after his daughter. What about the peeping toms? Yeah, I can't really they're they're just peeping toms. That's bad. They need Damn. to get hobbies. Mm. Go buy some Legos. The <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> That's what I did. I bought some Legos. I bought all the Legos. But see what I mean? It was it wasn't an evil entity trying to kill Jay. It was trying to protect her from these evil men that were trying to use her. And I hope Paul gets his comeuppance. I hope the the, the police officer gets to be detected. I hope so too. Because, you know, we never get to see him again. He finds that purse. That's a big break in the case. <laughs> his partner is <laughs> looking at some forensics. He's recognized. He's really? recognized. His partner's looking at some forensics. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's looking at. He's just <laughs> so like in a good. corner staring at the crowd. <laughs> but I want to know if they make detective. How right. would you stop it, John? Yeah, let's move to that. Yeah. Yeah, so I've thought about this a little bit. I, I think that my method would be to freeze it out. So... 
I would lure it into a some kind of commercial size freezer, shut the door, and not let it out. You think you think a freezer like the cold would affect it? Yes. Interesting. I don't think anything would affect it. So, my first plan for my idea is rather elaborate. So I don't really want to go into that because Peter also hates it. So I don't. It, it involves a cement a cement truck. We know Hugh admits. <laughs> Hugh slash Jeff, it's not stupid. All mm-hmm. I'm saying is you get it, it you get it to chase you to like a, a deep grave hole thing that you've got built out. You get it to chase you to that, and then you do what they did in the pool. You shoot it in the head, falls into the hole. You fill the hole with c- cement. Like you can't get out, right? I don't think it would get close enough to the hole because they tried to lure it into the pool and it didn't go in the pool. You could do some sort of booby trap thing where it's like a false ground and you just know where it is. What about quicksand? All I know is I would love to see Arnold Schwarzenegger fight this thing like the Predator in uh, the first Predator. Because that was invisible and it was intelligent and those traps worked on it. But my real plan is a little bit crueler. I'm not actually this heartless. But if the whole point of this is you got to pass it along, you treat this situation like... A pyramid scheme, like middle out marketing. Basically, you do what Hugh did at the beginning of this movie, and you know you pass it along, but you explain to that girl she has to pass it along. And then you you post on Facebook a a live video feed. (laughs) A live video of me (laughs) explaining it? (laughs) Yes. I think I'd go to jail. No, but instead of doing what Hugh did where you just leave, you stay with that girl, and you make sure she passes it along, and you make sure that guy knows how to pass it along, and you keep that train going to eventually where you can step out of it and just let them start passing it along and, you know what I mean, explaining it to each other down the line exactly like a pyramid scheme. And then you're safe and clear. By that point, you got like 30, 40 people under you passing it along, making millions a, of dollars. a full-time gig at that point. Yeah, well, well you, you can get step to go away to the conferences. Get free golf clubs. <laughs> timeshares <laughs> but you know what i mean because then you have a really big buffer you just got to put in that work and Hugh had put in some work at the beginning but he kind of walked away from it Hugh did a lot of groundwork and yeah. it didn't really pay off for him well i mean it kind of did he's he's fine i guess so, paul and uh jay have to deal with it peter how would you beat this monster so i'm of the school of thought that you can't beat this monster so we just live with this monster i think the fallacy of jay and paul's plan is that they're not including a third person that doesn't know what it looks like because everyone will look like everyone else to both oh paul yeah you and need jay. a spotter you need a third person to go that person's not there that's I guess not the, a real thing the sister or yara could be that well in my story it would be you mark <laughs> oh i would have to You'd be, be my spotter because oh, so you're not going to pass it along to me i would have <laughs> thought about it but you know i care about you and someone needs to live to tell the tale but I like you too, Peter. Why'd you pick John? Because I don't <laughs> like you like that. I like you like a brother. <laughs> I, I hate that I put myself in Paul's position because I never want to be Paul. If I ever become Paul, you have permission to put me out of my misery. Dude, he's like a poster child for our incels, which is no more, but like... Mm-hmm. Gosh, he's what a just, terrible... And, and I think a popular question we got over email this week prior to this movie... <laughs> 
was why couldn't you just fly to Europe or something and outrun it? Oh, the Kevin theory. Yeah, what you're getting at. Well, you can't do that. We, well, we also have the director. He said that it could board a plane. That'd be funny. I'd like to see that scene. It'd be and like I'm the brick saying, throwing. Thing. I'm saying it doesn't have to go through security. You do. Yeah, but that would buy you some time. So if you fly from L.A. to like Paris, and then Paris to New Zealand, and then New Zealand back to L.A., like just keep circling the globe. Buy a few years. Yeah, that'd buy you some time. I think part of the problem is that someone at some point would just get tired. Yeah. Of running. I definitely think I would always have some sort of what I would call a exit strategy of if it's going to get me, just take the easy way out. You know what I mean? Well, okay, not to bring back to this motif or whatever, and I guess I have a really hard time uh, relating to the characters in this because I'm not hooking up with people. But um, That's a revealing statement by Peter. The Very vulnerable. The purpose, the point of when they do the deed... They now have this thing over their head that's chasing them. Could you almost see it as a an unknown? So now I've stepped into this world I don't really know. Because every time, uh, or I say every time, when Jay and Paul do it, and Jay goes, do you feel any different, Paul? And he's like, no. And then he asks her if she feels any different. You know, it's kind of like, so we just did this thing. Does this change us at all? And instead of really answering that question and like trying to get to the bottom of it, they just try to pass it on and not deal with it. Which, if this wasn't in this movie, could be still a way to escape, just trying to figure out what's going on. You know, like an escape of just this situation and just including a new person in on it. Hmm. Being like, I don't want to think about, so let's just make this a love triangle with me and Mark and and John over here. So it's like, Mark, me and you, we hook up. And then I'm just like, what's going to happen? How's this changing? What, what am I doing? What's Mark doing? I don't know. So instead of really get to the bottom of that, I'm going to now go and escape into John's loving arms. Oh gosh. And they're very strong arms. Yeah. And John now potentially has something that he's just kind of think, you know, like it, it affects people and it's not, physical always but john wouldn't have the thing following it because it'd be following me right am i wrong i guess it would be you to me oh it'd be oh, okay and then you'd pass it because okay. you would definitely be the kind of guy to pass it to me i just explained i have a, a pyramid scheme middle out marketing plan to get this done i know big fan i just like this movie it's last a lot real, of things to think about last real question this might get too deep do it but do you think like the deep end of the pool this is a do you think this is a secret movie put out by the catholic church to promote abstinence amongst teens no <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a very pointed question with an easy no easy nah because not once does it point to the church for any sort of answers. Well, let's talk about this though. If those kids were, you know, absent, all about that abstinence, would they be in any danger? The movie, this movie, would be ten seconds long. <laughs> yeah, it'd just be the opening credits and the closing credits. It's like, what a great movie. If those kids didn't have sex; they didn't die. But kids somewhere else would have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded so sad when you said that. 
Okay, yeah, well, so... Because part of it could also still be going to the no parents are around, right? Like, these kids don't have anyone telling them what to do or how to figure things out, so they're trying to figure it out on their own. And sometimes that involves just doing things, trying things out. It's part of know. part of coming of age. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I think we should... Final thoughts and just oh my. put this out of our misery. <laughs> oh my gosh. John, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> John, your final thoughts. Peter said he enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> We're ignoring I, my final thoughts. <laughs> I th- I'm shortening your final thoughts. Uh, I, I think it is a watch. Yes. Go Definitely see it. a watch. It's great. You'd say watch. Watch, um, contemplate, rewatch, share with your friends. Share with your friends. Pass it along. I love yeah, much like they do in the movie. Uh, I bought this movie. I pass it along. It. Yeah. I think the joy from watching it follows you. <laughs> I think definitely I, in the lessons that it teaches. I think I learned a lot about how much I hate Paul. And, and um, people like Paul? Uh, yeah. How many like Pauls Paul. do we know? Uh, too many. Too many. <laughs> too many. I definitely would say this movie is worth your free time and uh, give it a watch. Uh, I think that's a good place to end. We should uh, wrap it up. Uh, remember, you can follow us on Twitter and uh, email us at I'm going to mess this up again. TMFT podcast yeah. at gmail.com. That's it. Keep the, keep the emails coming this week, folks. <laughs> and then follow us on Twitter. How many Twitter. emails do we have so far, guys? <laughs> you can follow us. Just sift through a lot of them this week. <laughs> Let me do the outro. Damn it. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at TMFT podcast. You can also listen to us on iTunes, Google Play. We're also on the Stitcher app. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing the Blair Witch Project. So stay tuned for that. And uh, remember, rate and subscribe so we can know what we're doing wrong or what we need to improve on. Uh, you didn't say anything <laughs> about doing anything right. Yeah. Those well, are two negatives. Why? Yeah, because they're not going to be like, I feel like most comments are going to be, hey, these guys are perfect. They do nothing wrong. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Anyway, uh, I'm Mark. Uh, this has been the Too Much Free Time Podcast. I'm Mark Burris. With um, me is Peter Blankenship yeah, and John Girdler. Yep. <laughs> they root you ruined by outro. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Good night. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>